is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, October 30th, 2019, season 15, episode number 72. Welcome to a, the latest edition of the break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Got a lot to get into today. Some news from yesterday. We'll kind of recap. Um, and then we'll get into the New York Giant offense. The news that wasn't. <laughs> yeah, right. There's a lot a lot of buildup for it. I, I mean, I think we were obviously a part of that that buildup because we started talking about it. And, and I'm sure it kind of that kind of fueled fans a little bit. But the point is, it was a lot of stuff to talk about yesterday with regards to Jamal Adams. And it, it ultimately nothing came of it. Uh, but it was still a lot of fun. It was definitely a lot of fun. Not but really. Depend. Yeah, because, it was fun for me. I had a good time with it. Not me, because all all night I, when I would think about it, it, it felt like one of those losses. Like the Cowboys just lost the game because you're like, they were so close to becoming a Super Bowl contender like that. Maybe even a favorite to go to the Super Bowl. I, th- in my opinion, I really think that that would have got them over the top, and it didn't happen based off of a. Uh, second or third round pick they didn't give it whatever it was it's like man they were close from getting a lot better in an, in a in five minutes it's hard to get better in five minutes and i think they could have been see that don't know all the stories i see i mean i hear you and you know it's it's conflicting because you're right like what you just said is true but at the same time like what if I told you you could win a big, big game that puts you in, you know, pole position for the bye week in the playoffs, number one scene, home field throughout, but you're going to lose three of your best players? Wouldn't you take that? I don't know. Because that's going I, we're going with it's going to cost you a first and two seconds reportedly, or maybe two firsts. So you're, hand, you're hamstringing not just one, but two of your next drafts to do that. And that, I mean, that's. That's and, you know, I'm going to come you... back and say, well, I'll just go without Tristan Hill then. Okay. I'll come back and say, all right, you can't have Leighton Van Der Esch and Michael Gallup either. Okay. All I right. mean, but, but. Or Tank. Or Tank. Or Jalen Smith. You want? I mean, we keep going with second round no, picks. I mean, I mean you, well, the ones you're going to talk about were much longer before saying, those guys, though. I, but go ahead. I, I, I'll, I mean, I get your point, yeah. But but you are you've been trying to get a safety, and now you don't have to get a safety. So. I mean, you have a safety for the next, hopefully, four to five, six years. I mean, you you, ha- you finally got one, and you stole one. You stole the n- a number six overall pick because you're getting one with a late first-round pick, and you had to throw in some other picks in there as well. I It's right on the borderline of – it really is right on the borderline of whether or not I would have done it. Like, you could have you talked me into it. I said that on Twitter yesterday. I was like, if this, if this reported price is accurate – you probably could have talked me into it. But I can't sit here and kill the Cowboys for not being willing to give up three picks that are that valuable. Not when we've seen what they can do with them. And that's cool if you're pissed off about Tristan Hill. Their track record speaks for itself. Yeah, yeah I, I, to me, though, I, and I know that people don't like to say this, but, I mean, if you're losing a second-round pick and then maybe another second-round pick, I mean, that's basically what it is because – 
you have to you you can't overlook the fact that you're getting a first round player. Right, but you're giving up that first rounder. So so that that you look at and you're like, yeah, you you probably did okay there. Yeah. The problem becomes now you've given up reportedly two more second round picks. And that's where and, and you and I were walking mm-hmm. down this path a little bit earlier before the show and my my thought was, okay, yeah, you just you secured your safety position for a while is what mm-hmm. you think. But what are you now going to do at cornerback where you've got some question marks on the future, right? What are you going to do at defensive tackle where you've got some question marks at the, on the future? What are you going to do at defensive end where you've got some question marks on the future? It's nice to say, well, we'll just have to go out and find those guys, but you've just hamstrung yourself because the picks where you could get better players, and I know you can go to third, fourth, mm-hmm. fifth round and maybe, maybe yeah. get one. The problem is for every round you go down, it, it, becomes, inf- it becomes exponentially harder to find a player that's actually going to be able to step in and be a good player for you. This team has 28 guys entering unrestricted free agency at the end of the season. And How many? 28. Holy. Yeah. And and uh, not all of those are guys that they're going to care about losing, obviously. But true. some of them are. A decent number of them are. And that's... I get it. Like I said, it's it's tough to call because like you want to push your chips in, and this is a talented team. You got a short window until all these cap hits start to come home, and he could put you over the top. But what if you don't win that Super Bowl? What if what if they get to the second round and lose in disappointing fashion again? And then you you're losing guys in free agency. Maybe you're changing coaches, and then you're sitting there thinking, we don't pick until pick number ninety five. We're waiting until pick 95 to add somebody to this roster. And that's cool that we have Jamal Adams, but we got other needs too because Malik Collins left in free agency. Robert Quinn left in free agency. Byron Jones is on a franchise tag. We don't know what's going to happen there. On and on and on so and on and on. all of those problems are going to be fixed by your second rounder that you kept? No, but, no, but the, maybe one of them will. Right? Maybe, but, but, but you also had for draft 20s. 23rd overall, 24th overall. I mean, who are you guaranteeing that is going to play well? Not necessarily, but the point is that means now it's even lower than that. So the chances, we already know the chances of getting that guy at the end of the first round is not as good as getting at the top of the first round. So if that's hard, how much harder is it getting them late second, late third, late fourth, late fifth? I mean, for every round you go down, it is infinite, it is more hard, it is much harder to find a replacement player. You know? Well, we're arguing about stuff we don't know about. We, I mean, if, if we had a, a deal on the table that we could sit there and go, this is the deal. Yeah. But you're, we don't really you're, I mean, the the report from, yeah, I think it was Ian Rappaport and Jane Slater combined on it. The report was that it's a first and two seconds. I don't know 100% if that's true. We heard. We also heard another report was that it was a little bit less than Jalen Ramsey's price, which was two firsts and a fourth. So. I don't know. The truth is probably in there somewhere. It would have been quite a haul of premium draft picks. I will just say this. If the report is true of the one and two seconds, I'm kind of with you, Dave, that with a with a little bit of pressure, it's right you there. might have been able no. to talk me into it. It's right but on I, the I will line say of this. what's Yesterday too much. when we were talking about this on the show, I said, you know, when you guys first said, I'd do a one and a two, my first thought was, oh, boy, that's that's pricey. I, one and a four? Sign me up all day, every yeah, day. But you were one and a three, that. sign me up all day, every day. One and a two gets to that point where I'm kind of like, oh, gosh, I don't know. That's that's tough. But I could have been persuaded just for what Nick is saying, which is you get the premier safety in, in the game. 
And getting the premier safety in the game matters, right? Yeah. It does. It, it certainly matters. I, I'm not sitting here trying to like defend the company line. I don't think there's a wrong answer to this. I think yeah, Nick right. is Nick is justified to be frustrated if you, if you think that he can really do all of that for you, but. It's their job to think about two, three, four years in the future as well. And again, with all these contracts you got to pay, you need draft picks to replace some of that production that you're losing. That's the way this works. So, man, as an LSU alum, nobody would be more excited than me if Jamal Adams was on this team. But I understand their hesitation if that was indeed the price. Well, we're going to put a pin in this conversation because in the next, what, I don't know how many months – when you get to free agency, that's honestly, I mean, <laughs> and the period opens again where teams can negotiate. Maybe this comes back around, and maybe there's something I don't know. You know, that's the thing about that's what I love about the NFL and what I loved about yesterday. I know you said it wasn't fun for you. It was fun for me just because that's the fun part about being an NFL fan is when you have some when there are actual trades that are happening. Then it allows you to think about your team in a whole different way and say, man, what if? What if we could get this guy? What if we could get this guy? How much better would it make us? And it just makes it fun. It makes the whole thing fun, you know? I Yeah, I said that yesterday. I was like, regardless of what does or doesn't happen, I love that the trade deadline is a thing now. Yeah. And But some people came back at me like, no, it's not. Like, nothing's getting done. I'm like, just because nothing's happening at the wire doesn't mean things aren't happening. Oh, I mean, there were a lot of trades this you year. You saw yeah. Brandon Peters get shipped. You saw, uh, obviously, Jalen. Jalen Ramsey. Ramsey. Yep. Um, they sent Aqib Talib Aqib to Talib. Miami yesterday. Um, they uh, did they send Slay out of Detroit or was it no Quandre Diggs? They yeah. sent out of Detroit. I mean, there was um, Leonard Williams was another one. There were a lot of deals, and you know, even three years ago, I would have been like, "Shut up about Jamal Adams," or, or you know, not going to happen. Yeah. It's just it, it won't happen. And now that is that's clearly not true, uh, yeah. and that that's fun for everybody, even if it didn't happen for the Cowboys this year. And the fact is, the reports are. That there was lots of conversation. So the point that there was conversation meant that there were people that were willing to do deals. It just never could come to a conclusion uh, that seems like it would have worked for for both sides. That's just the nature of negotiation. All right, we appreciate you uh, guys. We're going to go ahead and take a break. We're going to take a break. When we come back, I do want to hit a, a quick piece of news. Uh, one, one Cowboy is now off the roster and heading to Detroit. We'll talk about that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. While a player could look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than just stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than just specs and features. You've got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. Experience one for yourself. Visit myjohndeeredealer.com slash football. Do you want the most interesting, up-to-the-minute Dallas Cowboys news straight from the star in Frisco? How about exclusive and on command? That's right, news and nuggets you can't find anywhere else. With our exclusive Cowboys content on Alexa, you can have all the answers, secrets, stories, and more. What's Stephen Jones thinking during a game? What's Joe Looney's favorite pregame meal? We take your questions to Cowboys players and coaches, and you can hear the answers directly back to you. Just say, Alexa, open Dallas Cowboys. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. 
Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping. The excitement of Dallas Cowboys football is back at AT&T Stadium. The place is going crazy in Arlington, Texas. Don't miss your chance to see the Cowboys live when they host their NFC East Riders, the Eagles, Giants, and Redskins, plus the Green Bay Packers and more. Elliott works his way through and walks the dog. Single game tickets are on sale now. Get them before they're gone. First and goal, quarterback sneak. Prescott pushes up the middle. Touchdown. Visit DallasCowboys.com to get your tickets to today back to the break welcome back it is the second segment of the break live from the swbc mortgage studios at the star um let's get into a little bit of quick news here before we jump to the new york giants dave's got his scouting report for us on the giants offense uh but today we find out cowboys lost cornerback michael jackson um he was signed to the active roster for the detroit lions from the cowboys practice squad and normally you don't, it really doesn't take much conversation. But the reason why I wanted to bring it up to you guys is because I think Michael Jackson was a player the Cowboys obviously liked. Uh, he was okay in training camp this year. I mean, for a rookie, there were some moments that he had. Um, but when you look at the cornerback position and you look at, the, as I mentioned a little earlier, the uncertainty of that position, how much does this kind of move affect the Cowboys going into the future where they may be looking at this thing saying, hey, we need that depth. We expect him to be better next year, and we really were looking to have that depth around, but we just don't have the room to make him a part of our active roster. I think if they would have really wanted him, they could have protected him, um, especially when a couple of weeks ago they had injuries at corner, uh, some uncertainties there. You know, They could have maybe used him. I, I just feel like, you know, just like we talked about with – a couple years ago, the Eagles tried to get Blake Jarwin, and then the Cowboys said, no, we're going to make room for him. They, they could have found a way to make room if they really wanted him. Um, I'm sure they would have liked to keep him, but, you know, you can't keep everyone, and that's why you expose them when you put them on the practice squad. Nick, make the joke that you told me earlier. I don't want to steal your joke. Michael Jackson going yeah. back to Motown? Yeah. It's perfect. <laughs> well, I didn't it's know, great. honestly. I was like, I, I thought he was from that area. You, you... He, well, he's from Indiana. The singer is from Indiana, but right. like Motown Records Motown's is in Detroit. In Detroit. Yeah. Right. thought it was good. Um, <laughs> I mean, it. It the narrative was that you were drafting this guy to kind of develop, and he fits Richard's mold, and he can be there for you. It just it didn't pan out. Um, yeah, I mean, it's you know it's hard to feel like – they got bamboozled or anything because if they really wanted yeah. to protect him, they could have. I will say, it's early. It's you know it's October of their rookie year, but this draft class is not off to a great start. It's just not. And and Jackson is the. When you don't have a first round no, pick. Well, it never makes is. a difference. Yeah, yeah it really right. does. Because I think well, they start reaching sometimes when they don't have that first round. And pick. that's what that's the mistake. That's Which, what you talked about yesterday. Oh for yeah, Tristan Hill. Absolutely, yeah. but I mean, Jackson's the first guy to leave the organization. Um, Jelks is on IR. Uh, Hill's obviously here. McGovern's on IR. Weber. Uh, Weber's on the practice squad. Joe Jackson is on the active roster, but you and Tony Pollard. You know, you don't have a Tony Pollard being the one guy that's that's doing something for you. Arguably, not enough. Not his fault. Not his fault. Yeah. Um, but you, know, you don't have a first round pick, and you pick at the back end of the round, which then that's the other side of that coin of like, well, if we think the Cowboys are good, maybe those picks they would have had to give up aren't as valuable as we're making them out to be. That's the 
I don't know. You got to decipher that for yourself. But I'm also a believer that when you don't have a first round pick, sometimes you you try to reach a little bit more than you would otherwise because you feel like you got to make up for the fact that that first round pick isn't there. And if you do have that first round pick, then maybe you don't do that. You just kind of follow your board and you yeah. kind of just go with it, right? Regardless, I you know, it is it's worth noting because they had high hopes for him and you thought he'd be here maybe to battle for a spot next year, but Donovan Alumba's still in the building, and, and at the end of the day, you're talking about a late round five pick. And it is curious what's going to happen to cornerback next year, though, because you know you don't know what's going on. You don't know what the future holds for Byron or Brown. And Cheeto and, and Jordan Lewis are entering the last year yeah. of their contract. So it's, it's a pretty sneaky big need for this team, yeah. especially with him leaving. It's definitely, you know, especially now that you have all your picks, it's definitely going to be, um, I would think, a, a, a you know, day one or day day one or two pick. I mean, I can't imagine them going through the first three rounds and not taking a corner. Even if you re-sign Byron Jones, I still think you have to do that to protect yourself for the corners that are going to be up for contracts next year. But with Anthony Brown, I, I just imagine him probably leaving. You would think Mike Jackson could have made that leap to that to that spot. Um, but as it stands right now, he's not the first cornerback off the list. I don't think. To be called up, I mean, yeah. I, mean I think Alumbo. I think it would have be. been Alumbo too. So you guys agree? That, do you think Alumbo is a better, the better player between those two? Right now, I think he is, but I do kind of, and this is sad to say, I kind of think Alumbo is what he is. I, I, I think his. I'm not saying he can't get better, but I think you just kind of know he's a long, rangy corner that doesn't have great speed. Mike Jackson has better a- athleticism, and and you, you would hope you know he, he could work with Chris Richard and kind of take that next level, maybe. Maybe leap over Alumbo, but it is fair to say also. I mean, Michael Jackson could have just jumped at the opportunity to be on a fifty-three and just pieced out of town. Like he's not under any obligation to try to turn that into a roster yeah. spot here. Like, if I remember correctly, Blake Jarwin was like, "Hey, the Eagles are telling me this," and the Cowboys were like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, we'll we'll fix that." Whereas Mike Jackson could have just been like, yeah. "Cool, most people back up to in the world." I mean, most people take, you know, if they're making, you know, 100 grand, that they'll go for the 450, right? Yeah. Most people, yeah. Most yeah. people just do take that. That's weird, though. They thought, yes, I'll quadruple my salary. Yeah. yeah. And it's, you know, uh, it's a bummer to see him go because I was intrigued by his talent, but I don't think it's this drastic, yeah. life altering news. And I don't think the Cowboys really do either because they, yeah. they can. They can make they, they can make that can. work. I mean, in fact, I mean we've seen it before. You you can do whatever you want with those players uh, with their salary. Is there a sal? Is that salary? It's cap part related? of the salary okay. cap, but I believe Rico Gathers was they guaranteed on, his salary at rookie minimum. At rookie yeah. minimum, so he was in, As not a making practice a, squad player. Right. Yeah. yeah. So they could. So do you it. can make the money work, and so it's like, well, you're not losing anything yeah. if you stay with us. So it just may not. They just may not value him in the same. Is way. Is he in the league, Rico? I don't believe so. The Browns cut him. I did see him at the fair last a couple weeks ago. Did you really? Okay, cool. Sure, it was him. Positive, <laughs> absolutely positive. He needs to go to the. Um, he needs to go to like Europe and play basketball or the G League or something. I think that's what he should do. Yeah, he probably could make some money. There. Think about the weights he's been. You know, he's been on an NFL weight program for three years. I mean, now he goes out there and plays basketball. I mean, he, but go, you know, it can throw off your shot. Like that's what happened. He didn't have a shot. He had a rebound. <laughs> he had a rebound. Yeah. I would goes, never have guessed. That we'd be talking about Rico. Right Why not? Now. I just because he hasn't been on the team in two months. We've not been on months. this show for We swerve into the ditch every do. once in a while. We, we do. will take a turn that nobody expects regularly. <laughs> Fair. All right. Let's uh let's let's go into this New York Giant offense, Dave. Tell me a little bit about this offense. We've Cowboys obviously have played them already. We saw their offense. 
It's a little different it's now. It's way different. Tell me about it's, this offense. It's not the same thing at all. They replaced the quarterback. Um, the Their best receiver is back on the team after not being there for the opener. Um, I'm not trying to tell you that they're world beaters, but I just think I think they're a lot more competent than they were the last time we saw them. And Saqu- I mean, Saquon was there for week one. He played great. We know that. But he was missing. So now they've got him back, too. Um this is this is a this is a fast group in my opinion. Like that's my big impression from watching them is like they are athletically um, designed. I don't know how. Basically, my point is obviously they got Saquon. They, Daniel Jones is much more athletic than you want to give him credit for. Certainly, much more athletic than Eli Manning. And then you've got Evan Ingram being your top playmaker, who is essentially a big wide receiver. Like this is a team that basically runs. 10 personnel a lot because when they have three receivers and a tight end it's basically four receivers Mm -hmm. and that's something that intrigues me with how the cowboys will handle it because it's a lot of speed and athleticism Uh, i watched this game against the lions saquon barkley's so good man yep he ran for 64 he caught nine passes for 80 yards and a touchdown he does it all he can he can go downfield he can go across the middle um and then golden tate is really i mean we know he's good we've seen him play the cowboys a million times he actually killed them when he was with the lions last year um he's basically jones's safety net like every single route i saw him run was like a a crossing route or something to give jones an outlet pass uh and they're they're moving the ball pretty good um i'm i'm intrigued to see daniel jones against the secondary because he's got the arm strength and the confidence to make plays downfield I don't think he sees the game that well yet, which makes sense. Yeah. But he'll hang back there for six seconds if you let him. Yeah. So uh, the last li- offensive line perform really well. That's the thing is like they gave him time against Trey Flowers and like a you know a pretty decent Detroit front. You got Snacks Harrison up there. He he got sacked three times. I don't think any of them were because he didn't have time. He he holds the ball. He really does. And they strip sacked him twice. Return one for a touchdown. Um, this 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 pass rush, it's gonna. I think it's gonna be a challenge because I think the line, the Giants' line, is better than it has been. But Daniel Jones is going to give them time to get back there. I think. Talk about Sterling Shepard. Is he back this week? Is the expectation he's back this week? Uh that's a great question. Honestly, I don't think he is. I don't actually. think he I is think either. He, it was a concussion, right? I don't know. He's he's a guy that's had, yeah, a, lot had a lot of, of injuries, stuff. and it's hard for me yeah. to keep up with him. I'm not I following had him, him every I week. I know this. But. I had him on fantasy, and I remember looking at the advice, which could be kind of yeah. crazy sometimes because I've I've clicked okay. on advice before, and it was my own report. So I'm like, oh, I don't know anything. Partici- but, participating today with the expectation that he will be cleared at some point this week. Okay. So that doesn't make it even more interesting because you talked about a, a, an Tate. offense that has a lot of guys running around, move move around, move. They got some speed. Sterling, just another one of those guys. I'm interested to see how that works. Mm -hmm. I mean, Shepard likes to work out of the slot. Tate's been working out of the slot since he came back to the Giants. I don't fear their outside options, really. Uh, Don't they have a young guy that's that's They they got a guy by the name of Darius Slayton. He's a a mid-round pick out of Auburn. Broadus absolutely loved him. He put up some big numbers last week, didn't he? No, he did. And he had a a really great, like, Dez type of touchdown. He went up and high-pointed the ball and just out-muscled the the DB for it. Like, he's, he's a good player, but... I don't it's it's not you know this this juggernaut that that I'm just worried like he's just going to eat outside the numbers like I don't necessarily buy that to be the case. So I wonder, you know, between Ingram, 
maybe Shepard and then obviously Golden Tate. Like that's a lot of work that you're going to be doing between the numbers, in my opinion, because that's where these guys like to run. Yeah. Well, the thing about it, I think on this offense is when you got Saquon back there, he becomes the top priority of trying to stop him, which makes it so so much easier for everybody else to be able to operate. Right. I yeah, it, it's so easy to say like, well, just focus on Saquon Barkley and then make everybody else beat you, and that would be great if you can. But it, that's what's so scary about him is he's so he's so good. Like that's the you watch him. He's running flare outs. He's running wheel routes. He's running angle routes in between the numbers. He had a 40-yard gain where he just kind of up, out, and in and dipped the tackle. Uh, he's spin-moving people. He's jump-cutting people. I, he He's not Barry Sanders. Like, nobody ever will be. I get that. But, like, that's the vibe I get watching him because he's that type of player that you can have him dead to rights and he'll do something to get out of it. Uh, laughing about Barry Sanders just because maybe it's because I was watching him play the Lions, but that's yeah. I was just like this guy he's never contained and he's also he's I mean but he's got like Zeke type of power like I, I'm sure you saw the stiff arm he put on them in the fourth quarter of that game it was gross right he's uh, I mean he's everything you want in a running back and honestly like for the money that the Cowboys gave Zeke that's the way they they should be using him is he better than Zeke yes. <laughs> sorry take long. i'm sorry he is he's hey i always I, that's not the first time i've answered that question and yeah. i can point you to a tweet from like 17 yeah he, where zeke said that himself he is yeah. better he's, he's more athletic and he's also you know he's strong he's but, a load to take yeah. down and he's fast right he's, that's yeah he's got all of the same power and finishing ability with a type of elusiveness that i mean not just like it's not just that zeke doesn't have it who does but, yeah. maybe christian mccaffrey maybe but what i will you know i i've seen this with all running backs and you know the cowboys are fans are saying well what's up with zeke now you know why doesn't he look the same none of those guys look the same go, go look at julius jones his first year compared to his third and fourth i mean they're they're different let's just see what happens after his third year no that's fair same with mccaffrey too i mean these guys are taking a lot of hits and so they may not look the same just like Zeke doesn't really look the same. Still productive. I will. I just, I'm, I, and I'll say this for Zeke. Like, I think he can do most of the stuff that Saquon can. Maybe not as explosively and not the, you know, not the constant jumping and spinning and all that crazy stuff. But, like, we've seen Zeke catch wheel routes 25 yards downfield. We've seen him take, you know, four-yard dump-offs and turn them into longer gains. Like, I just, at, for the millionth time, like I just don't think the Cowboys try as hard to scheme up touches for him that way. The same way they don't with Tony Pollard. I yeah. paint by numbers. I'll say it again. Like it just doesn't look as creative to me because he can do that stuff. We've seen him do it in fits and spurts before. Um, but yeah, if if they can slow him down, then hell yeah. Like let's let's put Daniel Jones back in the pocket and make him bomb away to win. Because like I don't trust that he can 100% do that. The problem is just when Saquon can do so much stuff, how do you completely limit it all? That's Dave, the big thing. You've told us a lot of really good stuff about this offense. We're going to take a break. When we come back, I'm going to ask you the question, what do they not do well and what can be exploited on this Giants offense? We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too... Right above the subway! Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor, Angus. A deal that's just okay is not okay. 
Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store and learn how to buy one smartphone and get a second one on us. Based on GWS1 score September 2018. It's time for Tailgate with the Otterbox Boys. Otterbox? The makers of those crazy protective phone cases? The one and only. They're also wild about protecting parking lot parties from sad drinks. It's why they made Elevation Tumblers. Rumor around the crockpot is they're made from stainless steel with a copper lining to keep temps hot or cold. True. They even come in seven different sizes, up to 64 ounce the growler. Mm. I like how Otterbox drinks. I mean, thanks. And that's been tailgating with the Otterbox boys. Check out all the colors and sizes of their elevation tumblers at otterbox.com. A man's Stetson doesn't just protect him from life's elements. It projects an unstoppable and legendary spirit, just like the men wearing silver and navy on the field every Sunday. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. They are still the official crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find Stetson hats in the pro shop or at stetson.com today. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broadus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Back to the break. Welcome back. Final segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Nick, what you got for us? Well, we got single game tickets that are coming up. Not this right. week, but you better get on it because the Vikings get are on coming it. to town with Dan Bailey and Mike Zimmer. NFC uh, player, offensive or special teams player of the week. Special teams player of the week. That's the second time in the last month. Did the Patriots sign Nick Foles? Danny. Yeah, huh? they did. So cool. Yeah. So we got two former Cowboy kickers that the Cowboys should be I didn't even know Nick Folk was still around. Me neither. Well, he's it's been a while. Around. Desperate uh, times call for desperate measures. Did you say he's pretty round? No, I didn't. AT&T Stadium, November 10th, as they take on the <laughs> Minnesota Vikings. Get your tickets nice. now at DallasCowboys.com. So he's been around. No, that's not what you said. He's been that, around. He has. He's been around. He's been a lot of teams. And he was a Pro Bowl kicker for the Cowboys as a rookie. But that's Nick Folk. We're talking about Dan Bailey, arguably the best kicker B. in Cowboys history. Uh, not if you're looking at longest field goals, that would be my heart. But Think we can get him on the pregame show? Who? Danny. I don't think so. No. November 10th, though, no. DallasCowboys.com. Get some tickets for that game. Probably just very limited amount left over. Another night game. It should be fun. Should be and fun. it's going to be a rematch or a preview to the uh, NFC uh, wild card game. That's what I think. All right. And that's, oh, yeah. and that's, that's probably a, what that, it would then be that right means now. That, that means you've already given us your prediction for this week. What? That the Cowboys would win. Yeah, I have a hard time thinking they lose to the Giants and win the division. That's a big win if you can beat the Giants and get to four and zero. Because if you get to four and zero in the division, then you know the Eagles. The only way the Eagles are really going to beat you when it comes to a tiebreaker is they have to win out all their division games if they remain tied. Right, but that's that's the thing. Like honestly, I look at this and I say Cowboys really do, they can only hurt themselves this week. They can't necessarily help themselves because I think just like well no listen I'm to what listening. I'm saying I'm listening. Just like they can, just like they can go through the NFC East and and win their games, I think Eagles could do the same thing. And if the Eagles come back and beat the Cowboys and they beat Washington and New York, mm-hmm. which I think they're very capable of doing, 
then they're still both 5-1 in the division, right? So it's still going to come down to their actual record at the end of the day. So really the game that's most pivotal, most pivotal, is that game that they're going to have against the Eagles because I think the Eagles can do the same thing they can do in this division. I don't think the Giants and the Redskins are close to the Eagles and the Cowboys just overall as far as quality of their talent, quality of their team. I think there's a clear separation. If one of those teams happens to jump up and bite one of them, though, I think that's where you can hurt yourself. See, I think the Cowboys can really hurt themselves way more than help themselves this week. It's, I mean, I don't any win, any way, win is going to help you, especially if it's in the absolutely. division. But I, I get that. I, I hear what you're I saying. I you got to go. I mean, the only the, what's the one game that Eagles play in the division that they could lose, other than the Cowboys, the probably at the Giants. So. Uh, you know how this division is. Like you could lose any one of those teams. The, the point. The point is, both of these teams are better than those other two teams. Yeah. Anything can happen, and nobody saw the seven and one run coming last year. Yeah. Maybe the Cowboys finish this season thirteen and three. Maybe, but Woo! if you had, they to, need to trade for Jamal Adams to get that. <laughs> if you had to bet, if you had to bet on an outcome, don't don't you just feel like. The winner of the NFC East is going to have nine or ten wins, and they'll probably be the fourth seed, and it's going to come down to that Week 16 game in Philly. Absolutely. That's my point. So it all is about that game. That's the game that's going to matter the most is Cowboys versus Eagles, second to last week. I had somebody on Twitter Twitter sent, and they were like, this is – this is how I think it's going to play out. And he, like, separated it into three categories. It was like, they better win these. It was this Giants game, the Bills yep. game, and the Redskins game. Better win those. And then it was like, probably going to lose this one. And it was the Pats. And then it was like, these are up for grabs. You Vi- Vikings. Yeah, you yeah. need to Bears. win two or three of these. Vikings, Bears, Rams, and whoever else I'm forgetting. Eagles. Uh, Lions. No, Lions. 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 And then the last category was like, this is what it's going to come down to at Philly. I was like, this is 100% is. correct. That's exactly right. There's no way you can convince me that Week 16 won't be the biggest game, and that's why good chance we're probably going to be working that night because that's a game that the NFL is going to be looking at because that's going to probably be your division winner right now. Yeah. I mean, I just, way I, ahead of ourselves, but, we man, are. it just seems well, like it's setting up Well, it goes back to way. this game, though. You just said, you know, and it's just kind of the whole philosophy that we've always disagreed about, about do you play to win or do you play not to lose? And I'm like, what's the difference? If yeah, you said yeah. this game right here, it would, it, would, it would definitely hurt you if you lose. Then it helps you if you win. I mean, it because you don't want to, you don't want to lose. You don't want to. Yeah, be you hurt. can't lose it. You're right. You're right. It's the same. It really is the same thing. My point is though, if the Cowboys win, when we come back on Tuesday morning, it's gonna be like, okay, well, they took care of their business. Like that's, it's just Which matter is much of fact. better than and they did great. the last time Absolutely. they went to that's the great. Meadowlands. If they lose, now it's a whole different discussion because now you've just opened the door much wider for the Eagles to step into that thing and now be the division winner. And I don't think the NFC East is going to have. I think we all pretty much agree they're not going to have two play, two teams from the NFC East in the playoffs this year. No. It's going to be the division winner. So that's where I'm saying that the losses hurt you way more than the win helps you. How much better, How much different would this conversation mm-hmm. be if they'd like – kicked a game-winning field goal even the ugliest win ever against the jets you're yep. talking about going up to be 6 and 2 yep you're ta- i mean if there's if they win this game and go to 6 and 2 you're like we're right in the thick of the hunt for a bye week yeah, yeah. they've lost a two, at that point you you would have lost the two teams that are 7 and 1 right which it's, you feel really good about well you feel as good as you can about two losses right it's uh, who knows. I I mean I would be equally unsurprised if they tore off some crazy win streak. You have I don't know to, what to expect. If you have a terrible loss sitting there like the Cowboys will have all year, you better 
you better get a, a a win that you don't expect. Well, I will say this: the on, that's the only way to, to, in my opinion, the only way to make that Jets game better is you got to go beat the Patriots. Yeah, I, you got to steal one because you you got one stolen from you. The one thing I will say is I do believe, and I know yesterday, and I asked you about this this morning. Did the, the the whole thing that with Jamal Adams did that change or make you almost forget about Michael Bennett? The one thing I know is that as of the when they made that trade for Michael Bennett, they got better in my opinion. They got significantly better because I think the pass if the pass rush is better, everything else on the defense gets better, and I think the pass rush got better. So that being said, I do think there's reason to believe the Cowboys could get on a run and and be able to win some games here, even some games that they may not have otherwise been able to win without him. Yeah, I think they set themselves up nicely. Now, like you said, it would have been nicer if they had that other guy. But I do think yeah. that having Michael Bennett makes a big difference, and we'll see how much of a difference starting this weekend that will make. Dave, real quick, though, tell me what the Giants' offense yeah. does not do well. I, I just, I mean, I gave them a lot of credit for how athletic they are, but I think it hinders their versatility. Like, you know, say what you will about Jason Witten, but he can help you in both facets. Evan Ingram is a terrible blocker. I mean, he's a big wide receiver. And he can disappear disappear sometimes just as a receiver in yeah, games. Yeah, yeah, he can. I mean, the Cowboys, he's had garbage yards against them, but like he has not killed the Cowboys in crucial situations the way that other rival players have, I think. Um, but like they have to change their personnel when they want to play, you know, traditional NFL power football. They, Rhett Ellison comes in, they load up the line. It, it's very obvious. They like draw guys into the box and Saquon can offset that cause he's so good, but this is not an offense in my opinion that can impose its will on people, especially with a rookie quarterback who's still getting used to the flow of the game. So I think it can work very well for them cause they, you know, they spread things out. They're very athletic. But, like, let's not kid ourselves either. They're still not winning games, even though they look more competent with Daniel Jones. And I think they can be a little bit one-dimensional. Like, they they run for good yards per carry. But, again, how much of that is just because Saquon is so special? Like, they don't run the ball particularly well as a team. I think you can make them one-dimensional. I don't think they're particularly scary on the boundaries. I think that's good news for Cheeto and Byron Jones. So rally and tackle and and I think you can make them one dimensional and and beat them that way and hopefully if you can do that I love the idea of Daniel Jones throwing it 50 times cuz you'll have chances at strips and picks he he they strip sacked him twice one of them was a touchdown I'm talking about the Lions like that's the difference in the game again obvious I mean it's football 101 but Make him throw a bunch of times, and yeah. I think you can take advantage of it. Seems like turnovers are an issue for him. Flip side of that is that's not something the Cowboys particularly do well is they get turnovers. Did it well against the Eagles? They though. did. So we'll see four if, of them. We'll, we'll see which team shows up this week. Is it going to be that team or is it going to be another team? I do have a question real quick. I want to get to from Twitter. Uh, we had a question from Justin Espo. He says, uh, "When will we see Donovan Wilson get Wilson get some playing time?" Is that a conversation worth having? Do you think the Cowboys ought to look at some of these guys that played really well in the preseason at safety and, and maybe start trying to feel, figure out how to get them on the field a little bit more? Well, I mean, yeah, you want to you want to find those those ways. And obviously there is a need for safety. We, we know this. The Cowboys have you know looked into it, uh, not to the point to to make the trade, but, you know, they, they want to get better there, of course. And so um, – I think, you know, we'll see what happens with all these injured guys coming back, and everybody should be relatively healthy. I think when that happens, he's probably back to being inactive, but I know he's a good special teams player. He's, he's becoming, you know, a, a player I think that the Cowboys will use there. So it, 
I I don't think they're ready to, to like bench a player. I think him. it would I think it would take an injury for him to get a real shot. And I know people don't want to hear that, but you know the coaching staff that that you're working with here. Like this is it's kind of their mo. They trust the guys that they have. Uh, they'd rather deal with the limitations that Jeff Heath and more so Jeff Heath than Xavier Woods, but they'd rather deal with the limitations those guys have and a known commodity rather than throw a guy out there who you don't know just how ready for it he is. And I'm not saying I necessarily agree, but I'm just telling you the way it is. And I, I haven't heard or seen anything that makes me think they're going to make a move like that. I think if, if, the Cowboys were to give up another 80, 90 yard deep ball, and Jeff Heath was on the other end of it. I think it's time you really would have to start thinking. All right, we got to we got to do something different because the one thing you would always say about Heath and Woods and Heath and whoever was back there is they don't give up big plays, but they gave up a really really big play to the Jets and they lost the game. They give up more plays like that. I think you I think you have to start saying all right, we got to get better here. And we know that Heath is on you know last year of his deal is probably not going to get re-signed. So, you know, if it gets to the point where we have to, we think, you know, Donovan Wilson will be better, I think that they would do that. I think it would have to be a weekly systematic failure. And and, I, and you can criticize Heath all you want. The 92-yard touchdown to the Jets was terrible. I think there that hasn't happened with to the degree of, you he, know, consistency to where prob- you need to do something he about He probably it. replaces Darian thompson as the third safety first i was gonna say the ironic thing is everybody's asking us about wilson if they decided to bench a safety they'd probably put darian thompson in there Mm -hmm. and again i know that's not what people want to hear but i think that's what would happen yeah all right we appreciate you guys joining us we're back tomorrow for nick even dave helman i'm Derek eagleton this has been the break live on dallascowboys.com radio this has been a production of dallascowboys.com and the dallas cowboys football club how about this cowboys yeah!